When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time once again for the Mainland Podcast. This is episode number 356. I'm your host, Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, an independent website covering Orlando City, Orlando Pride, OCB, and all things soccer-related in the city beautiful. Joining me from Tallahassee, Florida, David Rowe is your co-host. Dave, how you doing? I'm pretty good, Michael. Uh, it's... Um... I can't believe that it's almost the uh, the end of June here, but uh, here we are. Here we are, and we are in a very busy schedule of games as you and I uh, work for the mainland, and we've got uh, double game week for the Pride this week, double game week for the Lions next week. Uh, it's crazy town. Plus OCB. Plus OCB. They have a double uh, match week this week, and... Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's coming down. I've got a thing to do Wednesday night, and there's two games that night, so I'm not going to be able to help out with coverage. And then Saturday night, I don't know what, I don't know even how we're going to get everything covered Saturday night because everybody is busy. So uh, we'll figure yeah. it out somehow, or we won't. That's uh, that's the great thing is one of those two things will happen. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, let us talk about Orlando City's trip to Seattle to play the Sounders Sounders FC going into this game. We were, we were heartened to find out that uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz would not be in the lineup. We're not heartened by the fact that he was not in the lineup because he was attending his father's funeral. That part's bad. And uh, our thoughts and prayers are with the Ruiz Diaz family. Um, but of course, uh, whenever you can, ha- whenever you have to go to Seattle on short rest, if they could maybe not have their, they're one of their best players. That's never a bad thing for the visiting team. It certainly isn't. And um, I, I think it probably, not actually, not probably, it almost certainly helped that uh, he was not there. And once again, like you say, we our thoughts are with him and his family. But uh, as far as the match goes, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty good. So I was a little surprised to see Orlando City kind of control this match. It was, uh, there was not a lot of, opportunities really for either team but for the most part it seemed like Orlando had more of the ball than I expected them to have and uh, City created more chances to score even though not necessarily better chances to score although one was really really good that we'll talk about in in the second half Um, but yeah it it looked like it was going to be a long night because right off the bat uh Seattle gets scoring chances in the first couple of minutes, including a bear getting in behind the defense, absolutely roasting Rafael Santos and uh, putting a shot on target that uh, Pedro Galese made the save on good to have Pedro back. Very good to have Pedro back. Um, I'm not saying that Mason couldn't have made that save, but I know for sure that Pedro would. And it was 
like you said, I, I think it was like it, within the first minute of play that that happened. Yeah. So under right off the bat, yep, right off the bat, uh, it was, you know, the Lions were under pressure. Um, fortunately, they, you know, the teams did go back and forth. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Orlando City got some some chances. There was a lot of game really ended up being end to end for a, a lot of the game. Yeah, it was a pretty entertaining match in terms of, uh, you know, as far as scoreless draws are concerned. It, it was, you know, teams would would take turns having, you know, more spell of pressure and creating something. And then both, I thought both defenses did a very good job of snuffing out things. Um, mm-hmm. It is really difficult to break down that back four of, of Seattle. I mean, Nuhu had a huge game for them. Jackson Reagan played very, very well. Yamar played well it was really difficult to get anything going uh, once they got into the final third. It's new who from whenever I watch Seattle, it just seems like everyone thinks he's not as quick or as fast as he is because it seems like they kind of just kind of, I don't know if they're letting up, but it, it just seems like there's like, Oh yeah, I got this. And then all of a sudden new who runs past them. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> It is very hard to break them down. And of course, then, you know, behind them, you've got Stephen Fry. And of course, he's one of the better keepers in MLS. So that that doesn't make the, the challenge any easier when you're trying to score a goal. Yeah. Stefan Fry's best first half save was on Duncan McGuire on a corner kick. Uh, header that was low, kind of labeled for the lower left corner. And Fry was able to get down. Stefan Fry has been one of the better goalkeepers in the league for a long time. And it takes something special to beat him and Duncan almost had something there, but uh, that maybe a lot of keepers want to save, but it wasn't a lot of keepers. It was Stefan Fry. Damn it. Yeah. Unfortunately for us and, and for Duncan, that was the case. And, you know, Duncan had a, I thought he had a good start to the match. Um, actually, I think he had a good match overall. Um, you know, he's creating trouble uh, getting the start after his, uh, goal the previous week and, you know, kind of earned that one. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a missed chance, but uh, you know, that wasn't, it wasn't on Duncan. He did what he was supposed to with. It was just a really good save by Fry. Yeah. Aside from the early hiccup by Santos, I thought both fullback Santos and Michael Halliday played well in their own end and did not play well in the opposing end. I, I thought that the, the crossing still continues to be a problem think between the two fullbacks holiday had one good one one good cross no good crosses for santos and and other than the one mikey got in the rest of his weren't too hot either uh it was good to have some of the regulars back uh, cartagena in that central midfield role and facundo torres was creating some things up top martino hayda kind of was invisible in this game he didn't really do a lot other than try to score from 45 yards away um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a great game from Ojeda. And I think he still just hasn't quite settled in. He has a good game off the bench or a good game here or there, but he hasn't consistently shown that ability to be dangerous. No, he's, I think one of his favorite things to do is to not score from 45 yards out. Um, <laughs> well, he he's good at quite it. <laughs> a bit. Yeah. He's really good at not scoring from that distance. Uh, cause he's done it a lot this season. Yeah. It's, um, as you mentioned, good performances, especially along the uh, you know the back line, the defensive mids, um, to break up most everything. Um, you know, as we mentioned, this was a 
I don't want to say it was a cagey match. I don't even think it was cagey. I think it was just like you said, both teams taking turns uh, attacking and and then the defense stepping up and then, you know, it goes the other way for a little bit. Yeah, it was, it was kind of just taking turns, throwing punches at each other. Not, not a whole lot was landing. And um, it, it was, uh, you know, again, a testament to both teams, defensive setups in this game, Orlando playing on turf, playing in a third different city in eight days, uh, short turnaround flight across the country. Uh, there's only one flight in MLS or, or for Orlando city in MLS. That's longer. And that's to Vancouver. So really difficult um, situation for Orlando. I thought that they handled it very, very well. And they looked a lot fresher than I thought they would, but it went into half nil, nil. And then when it came out in the second half, again, Seattle seemed to jump on the front foot right off the get go. And again, it took a few minutes for Orlando to sort of find that, find their rhythm, find the intensity level they need to be playing at. And um, thankfully nothing went in the net while they were doing that. Yeah. And tell to have same, same story, both halves, but you know, again, once they did work their way back in creating chances, uh, but the Seattle defense just up for the challenge going back the other way. It was once again, same story, different half. Yeah. The, Bad thing that happened in the second half was Michael Halliday pulled up with an apparent hamstring issue. That was that was tough. We don't really know if that would have happened on grass, but we do know it happened on turf. Again, get rid of the fake plastic grass. It's 2023. Come on. We have the technology, and the technology is the old technology called grass. Yeah. So hopefully, Mike, you won't be out too long. Uh, Kyle Smith will, I'm sure, be pressed back into service. And um, and then, of course, if they need to, they can always go three at the back and then play Angulo as the wing back again, that kind of thing. But uh, the best chance of the second half, and by the way, the, the game sort of opened up a little bit after Orlando City took off Ojeda and put in Mauricio Pereira. Uh, Pereira was, it took a few minutes for him to kind of find the game, but once he did, he was creating some issues for them. And and one of the passes of the year was just a gorgeous pass through the defense to get right onto Facundo Torres. Torres able to shoot the ball and get a good shot on target. Fry palmed it away. He had no chance to control the rebound on it. And it just fell perfectly for Pereira at the about eight yards out in front of goal, gaping wide open net. And he skies it over the bar, just like Angulo did against Philadelphia. Very wasteful opportunity. So wasteful and so familiar at the same time. We're going to have to do a a review at the end of the season, go back and see how many goals uh, were inside uh, the six-yard box and went over the bar instead of in the goal. Because I feel like it's at least five already. Yeah, I mean, the last two were just egregious. They were there's no goalkeeper in sight, and you you have to put that on frame. I I understand Fry's a good goalkeeper. Maybe Pereira a little bit nervous about leaving it on the ground where maybe Fry can stick out a hand and get on it. But there's a difference between not leaving it on the ground and putting it over the bar. There's a lot of a lot of room for error there. You can't blame um heavy legs because he was fresh off the bench. I mean, although he did play 90 on Wednesday. And it just, it's just mind boggling. I mean, he is, he is almost 
Carlos Hill, but he can't score. That's the thing. It's like he would be almost like Carlos Hill if he could just score goals. Yes, many, many more goals. And unfortunately, that, that wasn't the case. And it wasn't the case against Seattle. And that was the golden opportunity to come out of Seattle with three points. That that was the chance. Yeah, that was the opportunity. And and there was another chance late for Torres, but he hooked his shot wide. He he said after the game it was a cross, but I'm not really sure who he was crossing to. He said it was a cross that he left too open. And um so he was maybe trying to pull that back for somebody coming up the right, but I didn't really see anybody close enough to get on that with him, um, joining him in that last attack late in the game. And so uh, nobody scores. Everybody goes home unhappy. The fans paid a bunch of money. They didn't get to see a single goal. And it's not like both keepers put on a clinic. I think Fry had two or three saves. Uh, Galese had two. One of them was pretty simple. Uh, really not a whole lot. Everything was between the boxes. It was entertaining for a nil-nil draw, but it was still a nil-nil draw. Yeah, unfortunately it was. Um, and fortunately for me, although not exactly, I predicted a draw. I had a 1-1 draw going into this, so I was kind of right. You had a 2-1 loss, so fortunately you were wrong. Uh, happy because about at least, that. Yep, happy about that. So at least the Lions uh, got a point on the road and and. I know in MLS, generally points on the road are hard. They they seem to be a little easier for Orlando for whatever reason. But it's I'll still say that you know three matches in eight days, traveling across the country on turf, getting a point. Nah, there's a lot worse ways that could have gone. I believe last week I said I would take a point in that game. That was yep. uh, it, that's the thing is you, you always think, well, yeah, they're going on the road on short rest all the way to Seattle. Seattle's good, Lumen Field. Big crowd. Um, yeah, you'll be happy with the point. And then you see how the game unfolds, and now you're not happy with the point. <laughs> yeah, that's that's unfortunately very, very true. You know, that uh Mari's missed goal just that, that's gonna that's gonna sting for a little bit. This this sport is just so weird and so wacky. And it's like I said, you feel like you win if you score the last goal in a tie. You feel like you lost if you give up the last goal in a tie. But it's just really a matter of when those goals happen. And in something like this, you get a draw, which you would have been happy with. But now you're not happy with it because you had an empty net. Yeah. So it's a matter of when the goal didn't happen. Yeah. It's it's an insane game. It's designed to drive us all crazy. And that's what it does. And that's why we talk about it every week. Yeah. This is basically therapy. All right, Dave, you're man of the match, if you please. Uh, you know, I thought there was a couple of ways it could have gone. I mean, I think Torres had a, a pretty decent game. I thought McGuire, once again, you know, was solid. Um, you know, Pedro made some important saves, although, like you say, not really enough to to warrant a man of the match. Um, so I, I'm going to go uh, with Cartagena just based on uh, the defensive effort. Um, I think he also had some kind of ridiculous, like 100% passing mm-hmm. uh, rate or something like that. Yeah. So uh, for me, uh, it's Wilder Cartagena. I will make it unanimous and select Wilder also, and I believe uh, Ryan Smith chose him as man of the match in his player grades as well. Um, yeah, a, a fantastic return for Wilder. It was great to have him back. Uh, that whole spine was fantastic, though. I mean, if you go back and watch the game, the Sounders didn't create a lot up the middle. The, the closest they came to doing that was in the first minute, um, and that was just mm-hmm. kind of two defenders paying attention to one attacker, and Santos not being able to keep up with Abear, so uh, they got a chance out of it. But 
really Ladero and Rusnak and guys like that, they just weren't coming up the middle and, and becoming a problem. Carlos and Janssen had a quiet game, but it was a quiet game because they were just really steady. When you don't, when you don't have to point to spectacular defensive plays and yet the other team didn't, didn't get many shots, didn't get hardly any on target. And you can't think of many opportunities in front of goal. That means the center backs did a pretty good job. Exactly. Um, no complaints on the defense, you know, going on the road and playing against a, a decent uh, Western conference opponent um, on short rest. Keep them, uh, keep a clean sheet. I'm happy as far as that goes. It's the other end that was a little bit more disappointing. Mm-hmm. And you can you can throw Cesar and Wilder into that um, collective, keeping everything wide and and calm. And I know Seattle's had trouble scoring this season, especially in recent games. But even so, that's usually the sign that somebody's going to break out. Is like team can't score. They play Orlando. They score three or four goals. Right, yes, as history is shown to us time and time and time again. Yeah, so nil-nil, they'll take the point. Still have never won at Seattle, but now uh, with last year's win at home, the Lions, Dave, have taken four of the possible six points in the last two games with the Seattle Sounders, and you will take that. I will take that all the time. All right, uh, next up for the Lions, the Chicago Fire at home on Saturday night, 7.30 p.m., Exploria Stadium. We will, of course, have our key matchups and our score predictions in our next program later in the week, and uh, we'll see if we can get a guest to maybe help us break down what's going on with the Fire. Uh, We know that, unfortunately for him, Chris Mueller's done for the season with an injury, so we won't be seeing uh, cash money. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be seeing some familiar faces with the fire and some we don't want to see. Yeah, all too true. (laughs) All right. Uh, We've got some more to come on this show. We're going to talk about the beautiful game, which took place at Exploria Stadium on Friday night, uh, a a star-studded event in Orlando. Uh, We are going to talk a little bit about OCB's upcoming busy week. And we're going to take a look in our mailbag box. We're going to get to all of that right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back, Dave, and uh, probably need to take a look into our mailbag box. I do love the mailbag box. All right. There's a couple of ways you can ask us anything here on the Mainland Podcast. And they're all simple. Anyone could do it. Uh, you can email us at the mainland at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at the mainland and use that hashtag ask TMLPC. Or you can go to the mainland podcast page on the mainland.com and fill out the little form on that page and it will email us for you. So many ways to do it. Uh, you can text Dave if you have his number, but we're not going to give it out. 
No, not going to do that. Yeah, you can visit Dave at work and just tell him in person. Yep, that might be a drive for some people. Yeah, we're not going to tell you how to do that either. But these are ways that you could do it that are much more difficult than the ways I've already explained. All true, but mm-hmm. that, I think that's why people should do it the the easier ways that you've already gone over. Right. I'm pointing out that I've already given you the easiest ways to do it. That's that's my goal here. Hopefully that yes. uh, that came through. All right, Dave, I'm looking in the Gmail and I'm not seeing anything this week. And um, I'm a little I'm a little chapped about that. Yeah, that's a little disappointing. Yeah, I mean, we, we have some nothing from David Victor. We have uh, nothing from uh, Tiger Tamer. I mean, we, we don't have anything from uh, Christian Aleva. I mean, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're hurting. We're hurting for questions is what I'm saying. Well, what about the, G- what about the good- Twitters? We have something in the Twitters. I was going to say, I do get a little bit of good news for you because oh, as of 15 minutes ago, our good friend of the pod spot, spot has stepped up to spot, stepped up to the plate to save the mailbag box this week. And he comes in and says, according to certain segments of Twitter, Burhalter is responsible for all the ills in the world. What do you blame <laughs> GGG for? <laughs> all the ills in the world. That's a lot to all hang on the man. Uh, well, that's cer- according to certain segments of Twitter. Well, certain segments of Twitter need to just <laughs> uh, GFY. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but um, yeah, okay. I think this is a playful question and we're supposed to play along with this, right? I agree. So I think Burhalter is probably responsible for the ending of succession that I did not like. It's your fault, Greg. Gu- 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 gu. Wow. Okay. That's, um, yeah, I don't know if we should do spoilers on that, but, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, no. Yeah. That's, uh, you're right. Yeah. that's, uh, that's pretty pretty harsh of uh triple g to do that to us you know my uh i blame him for something similar in that i feel that it's his fault that we're not going to have any more seasons of ted lasso i think that jason sudeikis had been convinced that you know okay we're going to go ahead and keep this going but then triple g stepped in and now we get no more ted lasso so i that's what i'm blaming for and that's even soccer related kind of well i'm a little I'm a little ticked off at Ted Lasso for giving Pep Guardiola a speaking role. That's yeah. That That should not have been done. His acting was fine until he had to speak. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, you would think somebody can do a press conference. They can, they can do an acting. No, that has now been proven to not be true. And (laughs) Um, I think they would have, I mean, I, I know why it had to be Pep, but I think, I think they would have had a, I think Jurgen would have been a, a much more fun, uh, guest coach. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm also blaming Greg Berhalter for Fox canceling Firefly many, many years ago. Greg Berhalter, you bastard. That, that one, that one stings that I tell you what, you want to get the, uh, the internet riled up against somebody. Blame him for canceling Firefly mm-hmm. uh, after only one season. I, I'm also a little mad that he actually came up here and there's this little on the bottom of my laptop. There's these little rubber pieces that kind of hold it in place. Mm-hmm. And the the big long strip one on the back of the computer that has come off. I, I feel like 
it was something that he did. Yeah, yeah. One of mine those things. too. He got oh mine. Oh my god. <laughs> Jeez. That is that is so uncool of Triple G. And evidently he's got something against uh laptop uh rubber pieces on laptops. So not cool, man. Not cool. But um at least now we know who to blame for it all. We do. And I want to thank Spot for bringing that to our attention because, yeah. uh, you know, I hadn't given it a lot of thought, but once I did, it all made sense, man. Yeah. Spot, it's good to have you back, friend of the pod. It is indeed good to have Spot back. We missed you. All right. Uh, I think that's all we have then this week or for this that's episode. We... Well, let me do one little quick refresh, but that's it. Okay. Well. Like I said, uh, we've got two shows a week, so there's plenty of chances to get your question in. Ask us anything. It can be soccer-related or not soccer-related, or in Spot's case, it was kind of a little bit of both. And it was fun. Well done, sir. Yeah, and it did not require homework, so that's the best part. Exactly. All right, get your questions in. Write to us at themainland at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at themainland with the hashtag AskTMLPC, or you can also go to our website, Hit the Mainland Podcast page of our website, and there's a form on that page you can fill out. So many ways you can do it. We also appreciate everybody who gives us a rating and review wherever you get your podcast. Doesn't matter where, just more the merrier. The more ratings, the more reviews, the more we get noticed, and uh, that bumps us up when people do searches, and we like more people to listen. Yeah, I mean, we can't see them. But it's nice to know they're there. We know you're out there. But that gives us more people that can ask us stuff in our mailbag box. Ooh, or do reviews. Yeah. So anyway, uh, if you do leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on this very show. Well, not this episode, but this show. And and we'll thank you for, for doing so. So we appreciate that. So that's something we would love for you to do. We'd also love for you to go to buymeacoffee.com slash the mainland. Check out our three levels of support. We do this for free, but not everything that we do costs zero dollars. So um, <laughs> right. if you want this to continue, you're going to need to support us. I know we had a big fundraiser to get our independence. We did that. We thank you so much, everybody who contributed. But on an ongoing basis, We really need a little bit more support from subscribers and we are willing to give you lots of extra value for that. So go check out the different levels. Buymeacoffee.com. Remember, it's buymeacoffee.com, not just buy me coffee uh, and uh, and slash the mainland at the end of that. Or you could just go to the mainland.com and just click on our ad for it. That's the easiest way. It's this nice little small banner ad. Very easy to find. Just, Just do it that way. Yeah. Yeah, and we would love to have you receiving our newsletter every Monday. Went out today as we record this. We uh, we'd like to give you a little bit of extra bonus material that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, like the uh, the uh, newsletter mm-hmm. we call the uproar. That's right. We call it the uproar. Fantastic content in there. Stuff that you're not going to get on the the main site. You're not going to hear us talk about on the podcast. You got to sign up. Yeah. And a lot of this is more, a little bit more informal. We might put some stuff in there that, you know, we can't necessarily talk about on the site. Um, just like we're, you know, we're, we're doing, we, we will post things in there from time to time, maybe some injury updates that aren't like widely known. 
uh, or or being reported anywhere else, things like that. So we're uh, we're gonna throw in whatever we can and some bonus stuff. And and then the final pitch I'm gonna make to you is if you can if you can talk about soccer, you can write about it. We would love to have more of you uh, joining us. So if you think that maybe that's something you can try or or might be fun to give it a go, you know, email me at themainland at gmail.com. Tell me how you want to get involved. We would love to have a few more writers. Uh, I would love to free up some more time to do more video stuff because I know the few things we've done video-wise, people have, have really received them very well, and I would love to get more on that front. And, um, you know, there's just, unfortunately, there's only one of me, and I don't have whatever they used in the, the Michael Keaton movie, Multiplicity, to, to make more of me. That's probably a good thing if I remember how that movie went, and I yeah. do. So, but still, the point is is a good one. Um, there is only one of you, and this is not your day job. It is not. It is not even close to my day job. <laughs> right. It's, Neither uh, is it my day job. So, uh, I wish it was my day job. Uh, if it paid as much as my day job, it would be, but uh, it does not. It does not it does pay. Not. No. So, uh, so don't think that you're. Oh, I'm not going to give them my money. I'm not going to so they can just do this and make money off me and. and uh, we're not making money. <laughs> We're not. No, I, I, I guarantee that the whatever little money I would get is completely and totally wiped out by any time I come to watch a match. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just between just travel gas. expenses, yeah. gas. Yeah, just just for gas, let alone hotel and stuff like that. So, all right, no. all right. Well, buymeacoffee.com/slash the mainland or join us and become a writer for the mainland. That would be great. Um, Dave, let's talk about OCB, the young lions. We haven't talked about them in a while because they've been off. Yeah. Yeah. That's been a little bit nice considering how things have been going, but let's, let's get into it. It's about to change the young lions. Dave have two games this week. As you know, they've been very good at home. They're going to put their home unbeaten streak to the test against Philadelphia Union 2 on Wednesday at Osceola Heritage Park in Kissimmee. That is um, a rematch of opening weekend, which I believe is when OCB got its only road win. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> it is, uh, it's been a while since they've, they've played Union 2, but they were able to get the better of them, and they're going to go for the sweep on Wednesday, so we're very hopeful that that can happen. Um, the... Uh, the team is back in town. Should be a pretty full contingent of everybody. We should have everybody that normally plays for OCB with OCB and everybody normally plays for the MLS team with the MLS team. Um, now that everybody's back in the fold and all the suspensions are over and that kind of thing. Yeah. And they should be hopefully well rested. Um, I'm, I'm going to be covering that match. So I very much hope that they continue that uh, home win or that home uh undefeated streak so that uh, I get to enjoy the match while I'm covering them. Um, are you covering OCB or the pride? Did you and uh, Sean work that out? I thought I was covering OCB, but if I I'm covering you, the pride, I think well, you're then... covering the pride because I think Sean is going to OCB, but we'll, All right. we'll make sure one of you's got one of them and the other one's got the other. It doesn't matter to me. All right. Um, so anyway, OCB will be playing. The Union, as I mentioned, Philadelphia Union 2 enter this week with uh, 17 points on the season. That is 10th in the Eastern Conference. OCB is 5th in the Eastern Conference on 24 points. 
And um, OCB has played 14 games. Philadelphia Union 2 has played 15 games. So a game in hand for OCB and uh, an additional seven points in the standings. Uh, Philadelphia Union 2, 4-8-3 this season with two shootout wins. So they've won two of their three shootouts after their three draws. They're 2-1 they're and one in the shootouts. Uh, OCB comes in 7-5-2 and two, and having won one of their two shootouts after those two draws. So um, if OCB can continue uh, its home form, they're 5-0-2 oh, at home, uh, that would be that would be ideal, I think. Uh, absolutely. They need those home points because the road points have been a little harder to come by. Mm-hmm. Union two is two, three and two on the road. That's, that doesn't sound great, but they're two, five and one at home. So they're actually better on the road than at home. Uh, comparatively speaking, although, um, you know, you're talking about one fewer game, but they're, they're able to get points in four games on the road out of seven and only three games out of eight at home. So uh, Dave Philadelphia union two will not be a pushover. They're going to come in and play hard. And the young lions will need to, uh, to be very concentrated to try to keep that home streak alive. Then OCB will go on the road this weekend to FC Cincinnati Two young lions are two, five and oh on the road. So they've actually won twice on the road, but one was in Philly. Um, Cincinnati two also near the bottom of the table in the Eastern conference, uh, four, seven, and three, 16 points from 14 games played. So they played the same number of games as OCB, but they are behind Philadelphia union two. And, uh, Cincinnati two is uh four, one and two at home. They have a good home record, but they are Oh, six and one on the road. So, um, young lions are going to have to bring their a game in Cincinnati, despite the fact that Cincinnati is near the bottom of the table. Cause at home, They've been very good. And the Lions have not. So yeah, it's no. yeah, that's it's a it's a perfect storm there. So it would be really good if they could maybe turn things around at this point. I'm hoping they could just beat Philly and maybe get a road draw to uh to take a four points out of six this week. That'd be good. Maybe even win the shootout and get an extra point. Yeah, get five there. There you go. Yeah, that would be a that would be a successful week, I think, for OCB, but we'll of course uh, be talking about them next week as we come back and do our first show next week. We will recap those games for you and get ready for the uh, the, the next game. Uh, Dave, that brings us to the beautiful game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, this was a cool event. It was a bunch of legends. Some of them way retired, <laughs> like years ago. Yeah. Uh, some of them still playing. I mean, we got to see Roma's Paolo Dybala. We got to see Real Madrid's uh, Vinicius Jr. Uh, and they were, and they put on a great show. Nani returned to our Exploria Stadium for the first time. He was mm-hmm. on uh, Team Roberto Carlos. They were separated to two teams, Team Ronaldinho and Team Roberto Car- Carlos. Um, but they were, we were told they were going to be swapping jerseys and playing for both teams. The only one I, I remember seeing do that was Vinny Jr. Uh, and he was notably better and faster than everyone out there. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> it, and it was pretty apparent that, that these guys didn't just want to score goals. They didn't want to just take shots, try, you know, blast, the, you know, blast something on goal. They wanted to entertain the crowd. So they were making crazy, you know, techers moves in the open field. 
and trying to basically dribble the ball all the way into the goal. So um, it started a little slow, but then, you know, the scoring started to pick up and, and there were several different goal scorers. But I want to go back to before the game started, because before the game started, when the players were out on the field being introduced and milling around, a couple of people jumped on the field, ran out, tried to get selfies and autographs. Security had to come and shoo them away and you know drag them out and that kind of thing. And then throughout the game, every now and then, someone would jump on the field and run out and security... I mean, they tried. <laughs> not Most of these people that jumped on the field were kids, so they were much too quick and small and fast for these adults <laughs> to catch. Right. Um, it was a little it was a little comical, but it was also a little annoying because it kind of got in the way of of a fun night. And and I'm just sitting there thinking, who are these people who are telling their kids this is okay? I mean, I I don't I don't understand. I, I mean, I surely there's some some cultural differences there where maybe it's seems okay to people of a certain culture. Uh, but I grew up as an American and it's not done. It's it's not a, it's a no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have gotten in big trouble for that myself growing up. So I'm, I'm not sure. And it, of course, as we're about to tell you, it only got worse. Yeah. So this happened maybe about a half a dozen times in the first half of the game plus a little bit into the second half. And then um, some of the star players started to rotate out. And I, I will say Nani looked pretty lively in this game for a guy who was coming off an ACL injury. Um, you know, he did his typical step overs and head fakes and bobbing and weaving came within a few inches of a free kick goal. Uh, just, just left that one a little, little wide. Um, it was nice to see him out there again and doing what he can do. And he, he was, his passing was very lively. He had what would have been a secondary assist in MLS uh, as he played uh, Willian into the box, and Willian squared the ball across for Lucas Mora to uh, to score one of the goals for Team Roberto Carlos. But Team Ronaldinho was up 4-3, and uh, Vinny Jr., I believe, had scored for both teams at this point uh, in the second half, and it was almost an hour into the game, and Ronaldinho was uh, subbing off, and then... It started to rain really hard and it rained really hard for probably a good 10 minutes. And then uh, as soon as the rains came, it was like everybody was afraid maybe that the game was going to be called and they all just dozens of people started running onto the field with trying to get selfies, trying to get autographs, going up and hugging players. And I'm like, what is going on? Why? <laughs> what makes you think this is acceptable behavior? Um and the game, they called the game at, at at an hour and they said it was the weather. But I mean, 15 minutes after the rain started, the skies were clear again. So there was no need to 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 cancel it for that. But I think it was a player safety issue that they, the staff that were there were not prepared to handle that. And, and I want to point out, this was not an Orlando City event. This was an event that was put on by a different promoter. They just happened to be using Exploria Stadium. And the uh, Orlando City used their social media channels to help promote the game, but it wasn't an Orlando City event. So I don't know what the what the plan was for security, but they were not prepared for this. They were they were they were overwhelmed. It was they were trying, but they were just too many of them. And I think the seeds were planted 
I think it was the, either late in the first half or early in the second half, there was a kid that jumped on and ran on the field. And while security was trying to corral him, a second guy jumped out there. And this guy was not, uh, I don't say this delicately. I mean, uh, the no disrespect intended because I'm a large guy. He was a little pudgy and probably felt like I need this distraction from this other guy. Now I can make my move. Right. So he jumps down on the field and he still didn't make it. He still were able to, to get to him. Um, but I think that was like really where the seed of this came from. It's like, well, there's multiple people on the field at the same time. And then in the second half, when somebody jumped out and somebody else jumped out and then it was just, it was raining and it was, uh, and it was raining people out of the stands. The fans were raining onto the field and it was really chaotic. And you could tell that the players were starting to get a little nervous because they're, they didn't announce how many people were there, at least not that I heard, but there were thousands of people in the stands. The lower bowls were pretty full on both sidelines. And there were people in the, in the ends as well. And in the uh, supporter section and then on the South end as well. And I got to tell you, if if I were out there playing and I saw people just starting to pour onto the field, I think I would have headed for the locker room too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't want to get hurt just because of some overzealous, uh, you know, fan that's that's jumping out in the rain, you know, field wet, and and that's nothing against the the field crew that takes care of it. I mean, that mm-hmm. field drains very very nicely, but it's still wet, um, and you know, of course, uh, and I know I'm pretty sure you were thinking this too. I'm thinking ahead to. Uh, September when Messi will be in town. And- yeah, I, 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 we were gonna get. I was gonna get to that, but you know the. Uh, that's exactly the first thing that I thought was was when the, the first couple of kids ran out on the field. I was thinking, this is going to happen everywhere that Messi plays. But anyway, the I felt bad for being sports because being sport, um, they were televising this game. So now all of a sudden this game is canceled at 60 minutes. They got a half hour of time to fill. And, uh, and so they had to switch programming and, you know, midstream and not knowing what was going on. And, you know, I had to like run downstairs and try to get a couple of quotes from Nani. And it just, when, when the fans are causing the game to end because they just can't stay in their seats, it's, it's lunacy. I mean, these are athletes. They're out there trying to perform for you. You paid money to see them do it. And then I guess at some point they just figure, well, it's more important that I go out and try to get a selfie or an autograph on in the middle of the field and ruin everybody else's night. It's the, um, the height of a modern day culture and, uh, you know, social media just, you know, people feeling that they deserve to be able to take pictures with celebrities and and run up to them. Um, it's it's something that has has happened, and I, I think it does speak to you know, like you said, it, it would have happened so much more rarely when we were younger um, at sporting events, and typically, you know you would, you would try to get them, you know, after the game and like in the Mm -hmm. tunnels or, you know, something or, you know, as they're leaving the stadium, that type of thing and, and hope to get something, but certainly not running out on the field with them. Yeah. And a lot of these guys who weren't playing or were, or had come off the field, were signing autographs, you know, along the stands. Um, 
it really wasn't necessary. But I mean, anyway, Team Roberto Carlos and and Team Ronaldinho. Team Ronaldinho ended up winning four three in this game. Not that it really matters. The the score was really irrelevant. It was about having a fun night. And as Nani said after the game, it was about putting on living up to the name of the of the event, the beautiful game. It was like to to give them a beautiful night to show off skills and entertain. And that's what they did. And it was a, it was a great event until it wasn't. <laughs> I will say that. And and then, you know, in the wake of this, I can only I was saying and I said this in my story, my recap, I said this is something that every team in the league should be paying attention to. They should be reviewing this film, seeing what happened because this is going to happen with Messi because as famous as these players were, and some of them had huge huge fan bases. The star power that was on display in this game was spectacular. If you combine them all, that still isn't the star power Messi has. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be you you had the word right, lunacy wherever he goes. Um my and you're going to see it because there's going to be there are going to be people at these matches that are not supporters of the home or away club mm-hmm. that are simply there for Messi, and those are the ones that are are the have the biggest potential for doing these types of shenanigans yeah because they don't really care if they're stopping the game they they want their moment with yeah. their i mean essentially they look at they look at him as a god um like it's hero worship gone awry it's 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 not it's an unhealthy thing it's like if you can't find another time or another place or another event to get an autograph or a selfie I'm sorry, but in the middle of a game is not the time. It's not the place. Not only that, but look, being able to see Messi play, say to be able to go, hey, I was at a match. I got to see Messi play. That should be enough. Honestly, mm-hmm. that really should be, you know, the having Messi sign your jersey or get a selfie with Messi. I get it. It's cool, but. You don't need that just the, you know, especially for the people in the United States, you know, who haven't been to places where he's played typically to simply be able to go, Hey, I'm yeah, man, I got to go to that match. It was really cool. I got to see Messi play. I was rooting against him, but I got to see him play. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and some of these folks never got to go to Europe to see him and like, he's not getting any younger. They're not, not going to have that many more opportunities. It just makes it more likely that this is going to happen. They have, They've waited their whole lives to see him this up close and personal and even being up close and personal isn't, isn't enough. And I will say too, that like some people in my feed were saying they couldn't even get to their seats because people were crowding down and standing on their seats and they couldn't get to the place that they paid. They paid for that seat and they couldn't get to it. Um, And again, this is going to happen with Messi and, and I really do think that at some venues and possibly one of them is going to be Exploria Stadium, some of these intimate little stadiums, they're going to have to put screens up to keep people in the seats. Yeah, they're going to have to do something because it. if they don't, you're, you're going to see exactly what happened during the beautiful game happen again. And that hurts all of us because we all have to deal with something. You know, nobody wants to look through a screen to, to see the game, especially people that bought, you know, expensive season tickets along the sideline down low, they're not going to want that, but that's what they're going to be stuck with. And yeah, and it's going to be 
magnified because a lot of our fans, I, I've already seen it. I've already seen it on the marketplace selling their tickets. Even they're, they're trying to get their whole season ticket recouped by selling one game and letting someone come and watch the messy game. And, you know, I can't really fault them for that because, you know, money's money. But at the same time, it's going to let people in to the game that aren't, again, like you said, not there to see the game. They're there for hero hero worship. Yeah, it's it's going to go bad. It just is. So be ready for it is what I'm saying. Yeah. So as much as I don't think anybody at Exploria Stadium expected what happened Friday night, I think MLS all across the board, they may be a little bit more on guard now, but I still don't think that they have any idea what they're going to be dealing with. No, I don't either. And it's the first match, whatever that is. um, I think it's July or August sometime. He's going to start in the league's cup against, I think Cruz Azul. I think they play. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That'll that'll be that'll be the first test, and I believe that it, they're going to fail. Yeah, it's lessons need to be learned, and if they're not learned from watching this tape and expecting ten times worse, um, then somebody's asleep at the switch. Because that's what I would do. I would take the film, every piece of video evidence and photographic evidence that you can find from the beautiful game, and I would assume ten times worse than this, because partly because the stadium wasn't full mm-hmm. uh, and partly because messy mania is way worse. And I would say it's going to be this times 10. How do we stop it? Yeah. And the answer may be, you don't, I don't know. I hope, yeah, I hope you're right that they take the, the your advice and they spend all the time between now and then trying to figure that out. They they need to have a plan in place from day one and they need to share lessons learned after every game. Yep. All right, Dave. Well, um, I, I got the impression that beautiful game will return next year from the, what they were telling people see you next year as the, uh, after they cancel the game. So I'm hoping that means that'll be back. I'm hoping they have better security and I like the event and I would recommend people come out and see it. It was fun. All right. There you go. I hope you were right. All right, uh, Dave, I, I think that's about it. I think we're going to wrap up uh, episode 356 unless you got something else. No, no, I think, uh, <laughs> boy, the the beautiful game and the pitch invasions really, really did give us something to talk about this week. Didn't it? Yeah, it really did. Um, anyway, uh, read our stuff at the mainland.com. We would love it if you would do that. That's our, our main gig. We have added the podcast and many years ago and we enjoy doing it. So we enjoy you subscribing and downloading and sharing it with your friends, rating us, reviewing us. We would love all of that. It all helps us out. It doesn't cost a dime and it takes very, very little of your time. Uh, Follow Dave on Twitter at mainland Dave, follow me at mainland Michael and follow the mainland at the mainland and uh, like us on Facebook. And I believe that's everything. I think that's it. All right. Only thing left to do. We will see you later this week with another show. But the only thing left to do now is to say, Go City!